This is Laser Beauty from the Chucha Chesed Yeshiv and the Lucy Yerushalayim with another one of our Amunah series lessons based on the teachings of our beloved and esteemed Rabbi and spiritual guide, Rabbi Shalomarish. May Hashem bless him always. With the words of my mouth, meditation will be hard to be gratifying to Hashem. And may everyone that hears this lesson get a lot of satisfaction, inner happiness. And it's a special lesson for married people, for not for married people. For married people, to make your marriage better. For unmarried people, that while I'm saying this lesson, I have a kavona, I have an intent, that you guys and young ladies should find your shiduchim in the nearest future. Amen. 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 And after this sure, I hope we get a lot of wedding invitations all over. And there are people that uh, are separated, that they get back together. There are people that would file and they didn't cancel the files. Okay. I'm glad to hear about This sure, one of the special things, as a lot of times I always say that the wine gets the taste of the cup. All right. So oftentimes we start, all my shiri, they're based on what's called in Hebrew a hakadoma, a principle that I get from Rav Shalom and take and develop this principle. This is what Rabbi Natan did with what he learned from Rabbi Nachman, he takes a principle from Libetei Mohan and he elaborates on it according to Torah. Today, it's not based on a principle of Rav Shalom, it's verbatim Rav Shalom. Rav Shalom said this shiur in Cleveland, he said it to men, and he switched it around a little bit and said it to women. Okay, so it went to men on Thursday night in Cleveland, he said it to women on Shabbat in the afternoon, is an amazing, amazing shiur. I am taking out the things that are particular for men that women shouldn't hear, take out the things for women that men shouldn't hear, and the common denominator, that's today's shiur. Today's shiur is entitled, There's No Mistake. Uh, over the many years, 20 years of together of Shalom, people come up to him, and they ask him, and he hear this all the time, it never ceases. I get this question they ask people ask me alone. But people come up to us Rav Shalom and they say, Rav Shalom, how do I know that my my spouse, my husband or my wife, it's my soulmate? Rav Shalom laughs. And he says, Well, he says, how long have you been married? And the woman answers, 18 years, and the guy says, 15 years. How many kids do you have? Five, six. Oh, thank you, young lady, young man. You've been married for 18 years. Okay, you gave birth to six wonderful children. Now you wonder about whether that's your beshirt or not, whether that's your soulmate. What happened? She looked back at her old high school album, her yearbook, her old Basiaco memory book, and she had a little argument with her husband, he had a little argument with his wife, and now they're fantasizing back. Well, maybe she looked number two. I should have married her husband, she looked number five. Maybe this one, maybe that one. Oh, how my life would have, this is the evil condition. How my life would have been better at this man. Was it true? And they said, Rabbi, I think I made a mistake. For sure, that. He says, you didn't make a mistake. Hashem doesn't make mistakes. Okay? First, we're going to learn. We learn in the Gemara tract, that there are three keys in the hands of Hashem. One is the key of life and death. The second is the key of rain. Nobody decides when a person's going to die or bring them to live. Okay? It's only a sham. We see that big miracles. First I want to start today's show with a special thank you to a sham. 
Special thank you to Hashem that in the last 72 hours, was Monday and Tuesday morning, 470 missiles fell on the land of Israel, south of Israel. Okay, there was one fatality, and that fatality was an illegal worker from Halhul, from the Palestinian Authority, there was an Ashkelon overnight. 470 missiles fell on the south of Israel, direct hits, and it was miracle after miracle, and uh, not a single Eretz Israel Jew died. Thank you, Shev. Thank you, Shev. Thank you, Shev. Okay. Uh, miracles within miracles. There was the bus, that Hamas hit a bus with a direct missile. Direct missile. Thank you, Iran and Syria, for providing Hamas with these new anti-tank missiles. Okay. Hit a bus with anti-tank missiles. First of all, the bus wasn't supposed to be there. It was authorized. But two minutes before the bus got hit with the missile, the bus was full of 50 soldiers. The soldiers got off the bus, all right? After the soldiers cleared, there was one soldier that, that stayed in there. It's a soldier from Ashdod. He got critically wounded. But uh, I hear that he's going to be okay. It's going to be a long road, but he's going to be okay. Bo Hashem. And, and the driver. And the driver was also injured. And the driver is an Israeli Arab. And the driver says, Hashem loves the Jews. He's right. <laughs> Now, we got to understand that Hashem loves us, all right? So that's another miracle. Thank you, Hashem, for all the miracles. We need to say publicly thank you to Hashem. And we see on the media, and nobody said thank you to Hashem. They complained about the ceasefire, this and that. It's all from Hashem, this and that. But, but, but we have to go on record. Thank you, Hashem, for the miracles. Thank you, Hashem, for the miracles. Why? That's all from Hashem. That's all from Hashem, all the best. All right, so now, what's Gaza got to do with your marriage? Oh, we get bombarded. You get bombarded. Okay, why does Shem bombard you? But you know what? The bombardment is good. Let me ask you a question. All right, suppose Hashem decides that you're going to get 10 ounces of grief today. But you can get it all different types of ways. You know what getting grief in a marriage is? That's in the luxury of your living room and the luxury of your kitchen behind closed doors. What happens if Hashem says, no, you're going to get called up to the Torah on Shabbat and somebody's going to yell from the back, what that cook gets called up to the Torah, they get disparaged in public, you know, in front of 304 people and she already learned in the mirror yeshiva and somebody disparages in front of another thousand, that thousand uh, younger light, right, hey, come on guys, what do you look at? Behind closed doors? This is great, this is great, right? So if people think there's no mistake, there's a mistake, the name is sure there's no mistake that they marry the wrong person. And while we're teaching these principles, we're going to teach you how to find your soulmate and look for a soulmate, all right? And then go Hashem, everybody should listen and uh, apply it, and you get your soulmate very quickly, very quickly. Let's start off with one principle. We said that Gomorrah, the three, three keys belong to Hashem. Gomorrah, try to take something. The key to life and death, the key to your soulmate, and the key to reign. Nobody decides, no angel can decide what's going to rain. Nobody decides what your soulmate is. We have another Gomorrah in Tract 8, Moikotan. It's mentioned a few other places in Gomorrah. That 40 days before the conception, not the birth, 40 days before the conception of a Neshama, a Batko, a heavenly 
voice comes and declares, the son of so-and-so shall marry the daughter of so-and-so. Forty days after that, Hashem brings so-and-so and so-and-so into the world. So it's already predestined who the soulmate will be. Okay, well, people are going to ask me right away, wait, say it's predestined, then why is there divorce? I'm going to, I'm going to skirt, skirt away from this question. I'm going to answer them too. All right, I'm going to take one by the little by the All right, don't jump the gun. Okay, ask questions. People will jump out of their place. Oh, what about this? Okay, it's preordained, predestined who your soulmate is. Who your soulmate is. Now, what it turns out, if we take the Gemara and track the Psalm, that your soulmate is in the hands of Hashem. And the Gemara in Moit Cotton that says 12b, that says you're going to get you're going to get your, your soulmate from Hashem because it's preordained. It means that there's nothing left to do in looking for your soulmate. Sounds strange. Huh? So what we're going to do, we have to have uh, explain these Gaboras and the what's absolute truth according to the reality of Shiduchim. It's uh, they contradict one another. So how do we bridge the contradiction? Okay, we're gonna do that. Alright? And it says don't get upset. First of all, let's start with the married people. Let's start with the married people. The result says like this. The result says that Hashem does not make mistakes. Uh, first of all, what I need to open up Kabbalah, the result's writing to tell Hashem doesn't make mistakes. Yes, we do. Because you just thought in the question you asked me, Rabbi, couldn't there be a mistake in my soulmate? Maybe that I married the wrong person? That you think what Hashem is in basic training in the army and Hashem can't shoot a bullseye with that rifle? Huh? You think Hashem's a baseball player and Hashem can't throw perfect strikes, throw a perfect game? Okay, Hashem throws wild pitches. Think that Hashem throws one soul to another soul and, and not match for each other? This is what people are saying. Okay? Hashem is imperfect. That is heresy. That's heresy. This thing the Gemara comes, tells you. No, the Gemara tells It's all from Hashem. There's no mistake. That's the mistake. There is no mistake. So what does the Arizal say? The Arizal says, if you stood under the chuppah with that young man, with that young lady, that is your Bashar. Why? Because if you didn't stand under the chuppah with her, then she would find all types of reasons, all types of reasons, not to stand, to break it up. So what happens? People come to me and take an actual case study. Look, you get plenty of case studies. And you see a lot of people speak to a lot of people. Case study number one, they call from a really upset, irate, disappointed, crying mother. And she says, I had the dream shidduch for my son. I had a dream shidduch for my son. This is a family we wanted, a terrific family, a wonderful family. And they went out together and then they liked each other. And comes along a girl from her class at Beis Yaakov and says, Lushen Hara, and said, slander my daughter, told the other side, the other side cut off the shidduch. That's it. And she's so upset, she wants to murder this girl. Rabbi, what's the Kahane going to be that girl? Okay, look, here's the fact. I have two different things playing in the field here. The fact 
that a young lady spoke Loshen Hara about another young lady, she will suffer the consequences. All right? But now let's open up our Gemara to tractate Yuma. And our Gemara in tractate Yuma tells us, that Hashem enables a good person to do good jobs, to do good emissary jobs. And Hashem enables someone that he wants to slam a book at, okay, Hashem lets him do a lousy job. But that person who suffers the suffering is so ordained, but not from this emissary, then from a dog, from someone else, all types. There are many emissaries Hashem has. Okay, so we have two different things here. Said to the mother, that young lady, she's got her she's got to do tshuva big time. But Hashem did not want this shiduch. For you to say, that you wanted the shidduch, and that she ruined the shidduch, according to the Gomorrah, that's heresy. That's true, everything comes from Hashem. So Hashem did not enable them to be under the chuppah together. It doesn't matter, Mom, that you thought it was a dream shidduch. It doesn't matter that you thought that everything was great. It doesn't matter how bad you wanted it. And of course, the girl popped up, Hashem popped up. If not her, then someone else. Someone else would have had something. And you know what? But why is Hashem doing this to me? Now she's angry with Hashem. Why is Hashem doing this to me? You know why? I want to hear what you say now on the next day, or the day after that, he gets the real girl. It's a book, Rabbi, how come Hashem can't give the real girl at first? I told her a story, a story from the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov. <laughs> We're talking about the Baal Shem Tov. With the Rocha Kodesh, the Baal Shem Tov. We mentioned the Arizal. The Arizal was the third Sadiq to walk around with the Neshama Moshe Rabbeinu. The first was Moshe Rabbeinu himself. The second was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Moshe Rabbeinu brought down the written Torah. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai brought down the esoteric Torah, the Zohar. Comes along the Arizal, he brought down the Torah of Kabbalah. Come the Baal Shem Tov, he brought the Torah of Hasidus. And then the fifth person, fifth Sadiq had the Neshama, Moshe Rabbeinu was Rabbi Nachman Breslev. And that's what Rabbi Nachman says, my fire shall burn until the coming of Mashiach. Rabbi Nachman brings us the Torah of Emuna and Gula. Because what the Mary God did so, that the reason that we don't have the Gula because of the Leib Emuna. And this whole thing about Shidduchim, it is all Emuna. Like everything else in life, Shidduchim and marriage is all Emuna. No difference. So what did I tell the mother? I said, look, Story told the story about Balshemtov. Udul was the Balshemtov's daughter. Udul said, Tate, my father, who's my Bashir? He says, wait and see. So she met one guy. He said, Tate, that's not my Bashir. He says, I know. She met another guy, she met another guy. The fourth guy, but Tate, this one, that, that's your Bashir. So she says to her father, she says, Tate, hey, Tate, my holy father. She says, if you knew who my Bashir is, why did I go through the problem of, of, of three shidduchim? Why not give it me first? Okay, why not say everything? He said, you had to go through them. The Baal Shem Tov said to her, you can see the shop was like, you saw. He said, you had to go through. Because these were all your husbands and former go-rounds. So your tikkun here was to see them, bye-bye. And you go down the road, he goes down the road. 
Now, for your tikkun this time, you get this particular neshama. So you have to go through. And one thing that we would hear, when, as we learned in the Gemara Moikotan, that the heavenly voice comes up, before the heavenly voice says this one, goes for this one, that the angels come up and they say to the Shrina, they say, well, maybe, maybe this one, maybe this one, maybe this one. For every angel that opens his mouth, that's someone we've got to meet in Shiduchim. Okay? So, if you're a person, we're lucky if, if, if no angel opened his mouth and Hashem just right away says the first one. There is something like that. And if we have time, I'll tell you a story about that also. There are people that they go and boom the first time. No. Pain Shiduchim. Okay? Pain Shiduchim. Hashem. So, the Arizal says, if you're under the Hopa, that's meant to be. Hashem doesn't make mistakes. And this is what I told the mother. This was not what Hashem wanted. Because one thing we learn, one thing we learn, go back to the Garden of Muna, okay, that everything is from Hashem, and everything is for the good, and this is what Hashem wants. That's like I can say thank you, Hashem. They always say, this is what Hashem wants. This is what Shem wants, we can thank you for. This is what Shem wants, Shem, you want it this way? We say thank you. So here we say. So what happens to people? Now people, let's go back. We're not skirting the thing. We'll get back to the single people in a moment. We'll go back to the married people. Okay, the married people, this one, I didn't know, I didn't realize it. If you like this, I didn't realize it was stingy, I didn't realize it was this way, I didn't realize that way. And then the guy says, oh, but uh, when I married her, she was a size four, and then right after she blew up in a balloon, and when I she was a great tennis partner, and afterwards she looked like that, and blah, blah, blah. What is that? Thing? You want a tennis partner? You gotta marry her, give her a ketuba, and send her home to play tennis with her? <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, people, all kinds of weird stuff. And when she imagined with a husband, all kinds of weird stuff. You can see today, now back to the, 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 the single people today, we get a call from a young woman in Shiduchim, went out with a guy eight times. She says, so about to happen. She was expecting a proposal on the next day, and the guy cut it off. She's devastated. Rabbi, what do says, no, no, I don't want to get married. No, but the guy's perfect for me. I said, listen, he's leaving you before you're engaged. He's got a right. He didn't sign a contract with you. That's if you were talking to me before, I wouldn't let you go on eight dates. Don't need to go on eight dates. You don't get to know somebody by drinking coffee. In a minute, we'll see the proper way, the Amuna way of doing Shidduchim. Okay. So she says, explain to her. It's not him. Don't be angry at him. Moichlin. Forgive him. Forgive him. Let the guy go down the road. Forgive him. Hashem doesn't want the Shidduch. Hashem doesn't want. So to stop the thing, like I said, the mother whose daughter had a classmate that spoke Lashon Hara. I said to, you, to the mother, do you think Hashem is some old grandmother in Shemayim that he could do nothing against your daughter's schoolmate that spoke Lashon Hara? This is from Hashem. It all comes from Hashem. Everything comes from Hashem. So first of all, you need to approach marriage and read the Garden of Peace until you read the Garden of Amunah. Because a prerequisite for getting married is Amunah. Guys, if you're on Shadurum girls, you've got to read Garden of Wisdom, but the, that's the prerequisite. The Garden of a Woman's Wisdom for, for a girl and Garden of Peace for a man, that's really the master's program, master's degree program in Amuna. The bachelor's degree is Garden of Amuna. 
And if you don't read, especially it's more important for the men to learn garden pieces from the woman's wisdom, because the man is the influencer, the woman is the receiver. The man is the sun, the woman is the moon. Right? Really, a Hashem, Hashem gave Rav Shalom the light of woman's wisdom only because of the poor women that have husbands that refuse to read the garden piece. All right, so that's a survival course for women. But really, a husband should read the garden piece. Because if a husband reads the garden of peace and implements the garden of peace, his wife won't even need woman's wisdom. She's going to be happy and great as it is. Okay, so if you don't read the garden of peace, you're like a semi-trailer driver that never learned how to drive. Don't know the laws. So you're out on the big road with that semi-trailer. You're dangerous to yourself. You're dangerous to everybody else on the road. A husband that never learned the garden of peace is dangerous to himself, to his wife, to his children. And dangerous to society. Okay, learn the garden of peace. So there is no mistakes. Now, how do we approach? Now that you know that there's no mistakes, we're going to conclude the moment for the married people. We're going to go to the unmarried people. They could use this in Shidduchim. And if you're married, you use this to find proper Shidduchim for your kids. Okay? So now everybody's on, everybody's on love for the ride. The married kids use the Shidduchim information how to get, find great matches for your kids. And the single people, if you're handling your own Shidduch, okay, or together with your parents, you know the parameters of finding a good Shidduch. Right. It's often shame. And there are no mistakes. Now people complain, but I didn't know this, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. There's one of two ways to approach Shidduchim. With your intellect or with emuna. Alright, let's look at the intellectual way. The intellectual way, when a person does not have emuna, a person can be fun, oh yeah, you keep Shabbat, and he only eats badats, and only drinks Chalabi Yisrael, and he Dobbins and he learns, the guy be a great learner, all right? But there are a lot of people like that that don't have a muna. They don't have a muna, but they think that something, and I see people all the time, they believe that making a living is up to them. The Hashem is some, you know, the Hashem, we'll take Hashem off the wall like we take the menorah in a couple weeks and put him on the table on Hanukkah, all right? And so when they go to work in the morning, they put Hashem back on the wall. Yeah, they learn Baba Kama and hush the guys. They learn Babakama with their coffee in the morning, before davening or after davening. But just they put Babakama on the wall before they go into the office, they put a Shem back on the wall. A Shem does go with them to the office. Or they say, Shem, you wait here. I'll see you later when I come for my Chavrus and Minch and Mairif. But make a living, that's up to me. No, that's heresy. People have the same mentality, maybe you should do him. You hear this expression all the time. Someone says to me, uh, Rabbi, don't tell this. I want you to give a recommendation, but uh, to recommendation, but you know, the fact that uh, my daughter hasn't had the measles, don't tell that to anybody. I said, what? Oh yeah, then the measles, if you know she might get the measles and that could affect her fertility and this and that. What? Oh yeah, that be a high information. What? Now don't tell it's not good for Shiduchim. Or don't tell them that, that our, our, our great-grandfather was such and such. Oh, it's not good for Shiduchim. What? What do you mean not good for Shiduchim? A person said, this is not good for Shiduchim, and this is not good for Shiduchim. That is lack of emunah. And that's saying it nicely. That 
real word is denial of Hashem, which in one word is heresy. And you hear this all the time. Oh, it's not good for Shiduchim. Oh, it's not good for Shiduchim. And I know they had this thing. I really think they had this minhag in, in America. And somebody said to me, Rabbi, can you perceive me a lot of people? You think you might have a shiduk for us? I'm not a matchmaker. But in the course of our travels, a lot of times, oh, yeah, this one and that one got together. Hashem is enabled to. And, and the person said, I'll send you my resume. He said, you're not applying for a job. I said, what do you mean resume? He says, you're in America. you got to have a resume. you got to have a picture. you got to have a resume. I said, what? A resume? So what do you write on that resume? All kinds of propaganda. When you go to, you go to Moscow to learn a course in propaganda, then come back to New York to, to write a resume? <laughs> Moscow is a very good propaganda. Right? So you've taken, you know, Pravda, the University of Moscow, you write propaganda, come back and write a resume. And those resumes may be the basic fact. Okay, you learn in the mirror. There's 3,000 guys learning in the mirror. Oh yeah, there's Siddiquim in the mirror. But come on, we can walk down and say, you know, we could go in the, in the pizza stores and, and in the bars in Yerushalayim and there are guys that run a resume, they learn in the mirror. Because they've gone, they had a cup of coffee in the mirror in the morning. Then there's another guy that he's learning 11 hours straight in the mirror without a clip. This guy writes his resume, he learns in the mirror. This guy with a girl, the girl's parents don't know what he's doing. They weren't able to get Yerushalayim. And that was that the guy knows where every nightclub and every pub in Yerushalayim is, but on his resume he learned in the mirror. Okay? Uh, excuse me, sir, is this what you want for your daughter? Oh, but the resume, oh look, he, he learned in the mirror. <laughs> Come on, okay. He learned the mirror. And got, that guy's got a mirror on his resume also, it says face mirror. Okay, he looked at the mirror, face mirror. <laughs> Come on, what is a mirror? <laughs> Hot mirror, hot mirror, China. Okay, mirror. What? Come on. Resumes, does the resume say one thing about a person's meters? And a resume gives you references. Who do it though? Okay, you don't want to reference me. I'm saying to my best friends. I'm saying to my best friends. People give you a good day. Okay. It's nothing. Nothing. People do everything but what they're supposed to do in Shiduchi. And it's the same thing for parents and the same thing for single people. Everything. Do you know the number one ishtadlis in Shiduchim? The number one effort in Shiduchim? Rav Shalom says, and this said all these words up now, it's all Rav Shalom, but I emphasize Rav Shalom says, you do not need a shatlin. You do not need a matchmaker. What is a shatlin going to do for you if you didn't pray to Hashem? You know, a person should do, uh, does anybody have a printout resume? Okay, let's go resume, all the way. I want to see your resume, who you were in the last go-round. Oh, you were in the Shema, the Dited Kedush Hashem in Auschwitz. Oh, wow. Okay, what's your resume before that? Oh, you're in the Shema here. You were one of the students of Rabbi Aaron Oh, great. And what about before that? Oh, you were in, in, in Spain, in Spanish. Anybody know? You don't know who you were. You don't even know who you are. Do you know what's good for you? Do you know what your soul correction is? Nobody knows a thing. We know nothing. Zip. Say, if you don't know what your soul correction is, and you don't know what your mission in life is, and you don't do know one thing about our mission in life, we know that there's 613 mitzvahs in the Torah. 
and the Mekubalim of this generation, the Kabbalists of this generation, they say that all the Neshamas here, guess what? I got good news for you, everybody. We've all, in previous go-rounds, done 612 out of 613 mitzvahs. And if we are alive in this generation, we're all here for the same soul correction. You know what that is? We did everything. We're all from. We all lit great Shabbos candles. And our female side, our male side, we're all perfect philandot, perfect governors, and the perfect Shabbat, perfect everything. We all lack emunah. We came to this go-round to learn emunah. And that's why each one of us is on this particular journey to learn emunah. Why? Because this is the last generation before Mashiach. And to bring Mashiach, we all have to learn emunah. And that's why Moedu HaRav, Rav Shalom, Hashem bless him always, not only by him, by his holy teacher, Rabbi Yudah Zayt and he told him, he charged him, that's what he says, Rav Shalom, if you want to save the world from self-destruction, you must devote your whole life to spreading emunah. That's why Rav Shalom, he doesn't, you can see, and then more witness than one, I'm here, our program director, Ali Goldsmith, is right here, spent 16 days, day and night, Rav Shalom, he doesn't sleep. We had how many planes, we had 11 planes, domestic flights in 16 days, you know what that does to the body? Uh, okay, okay, everybody up on their feet at three o'clock in the morning, because we've got to be out of the house at four o'clock, okay, to be at the airport at five o'clock to catch a seven o'clock flight. And, and I'm running, <laughs> the Marines, no less. He was, he was walking around doing a voda. He wasn't sleeping those few hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and when we got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, we finished last night, sure, by the time Roshon finished giving blessings to everybody, by the time we got him home at 1.30, 1.30, he's not going to sleep. Okay, before he goes to sleep, it's Tikkun Chatzot, he's praying for Kla Yisrael, and this and that, and maybe like, you cannot believe it. It's, it's above nature. This whole mission, this whole mission is spreading light of the moment. Why? Because that's our correction. All right, so now, how are you supposed to find a soulmate for yourself or for your child without a Muna? There's no way. And we know that the soulmate comes from Hashem and there are no mistakes. So here people do, they're running after the shop, they're running after the shop, they're trying to make a resume, they're trying to hide information. By the way, hiding information is very, it's not simple. Because in Choshen Mishpat, there is a law called Mekach Ta'ut. And if a person sells false goods, you are not allowed to sell a mule and say that it's a horse or donkey. Okay? Because a mule is a hybrid. And a mule, the hybrids can't get burned. So if you sell it, the person discovers, so this is not a horse, it's not a donkey, it's a mule. No, that's Mekach Ta'ut. Guys gotta give your money back. That's it. Null and void. Null and void. If someone can come and mekach ta'ud and prove mekach ta'ud and a shidduch, and someone says, oh, he's perfectly healthy, and they go right afterwards, and I had a situation like that, where they hid information from the other side. Young boy with epilepsy, great boy, beautiful boy, beautiful boy, epilepsy, but he hadn't had a seizure in 10 years on pills. And the family did not tell the other family 
that they've had epilepsy. They're not telling. And funny, don't think, even Rosham says it, Rebbe's, the Rebbe's that don't have a Muna. Why? The family's Rebbe said, you don't need to tell, he hasn't seen you in 10 years, so you don't need to tell. Six months after the wedding, he had a seizure. His wife was so alarmed. It's really scary. If you don't know a person has epilepsy and they have a seizure, why do you think the person is dying? But you know, you know, if someone knows that the guy's epilepsy, then it goes to the seizure, let the seizure run its course, he comes back and, and shakes it off. You know, it's like a football player's been tackled. Guy gets up, shakes it off, okay. But for a person that doesn't know that someone's had epilepsy, to see him shaking and see him in the middle of a seizure, it is a scary thing. Well, this young lady was so scared, she ran back to her parents. The parents were furious. Furious. They came back to the, to the in-laws, and they said, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you Well, to make a long story short, it was, a, it was World War III in a baby, religious court. World War III. No connection. The young man, he happened to come to Rav Shalom. And Rav Shalom taught him how to talk to Hashem. He talked to Hashem, he talked to Hashem, he talked to Hashem, he talked to Hashem. Poor Hashem, the good news is they're back, they're back together. They're back together. Boy, the Chuta, the Hashem. And, and the girl realized that, uh, that she wouldn't get a good shoot of her husband. It was a great, a great meet. It's perfect, beautiful, beautiful boy. It's a beautiful boy, inside and out. But he had this one problem. That the parents didn't reveal the problem because of Shiduchim. But because that is Bashar, because that is Bashar, then if you went and they, they went on, they're happily married now, they have children, and it's got no problems. He talks to Shem every day. But he came from a certain Hasidic sect that they don't allow them to read Rebbe Nachman's books. He says, I need Rebbe Nachman, and I need Rebbe Shalom to save my life. So he did. So he broke rank and came to Rebbe. Let me say it's himself in marriage. There's a story. Rebbe Shalom says in one of the Hebrew CDs, talks about Shiduch in one of the Hebrew CDs, and he talks about how to approach a Shiduch, how to approach a Shiduch of the Muna. Okay, so first of all, if a person approaches, we said there's two ways to approach a Shiduch, with intellect or with the Muna. Intellect says, intellect is also logic, call the shotgun, call this one, call that one, meet this one, meet that one, go to there, do a resume, okay, make the resume, talk to someone who's a professional copywriter, sell yourself. What's it going to do good to sell yourself? After the Shabbat your wife has to know exactly who you are. You have to know exactly who you are, okay? You didn't write on your resume that you squeezed the toothpaste from the wrong end. You didn't write on your resume that you snore. You didn't write on your resume that you're stingy. Okay, all that stuff. Nothing. Nothing's on the resume. You know nothing about a person from the silly resume. Take the resumes and make paper airplanes out of them, fly them out the window. Okay, they're worth nothing. They're worth nothing. That's the whole thing of resume. Okay, that's intellect. Resume is a part of intellect. Now there's emunah. Now there's emunah. Okay, how do you do with emunah? How do you go to shidduch and emunah? Now what we spoke about, you go and you find a place where you can be alone, in a bedroom, in a field, 
on your balcony, at the back of the base of Midrash, after everybody goes home, and you say, Hashem, I have no idea what's good for me. That's if you're single. If you're married and you've got a son or daughter, marital age, Hashem, I have no idea what's good for my daughter. You know what my daughter's Hashem is. You know what my son's Hashem is. I know I grew up in it. I love them. I, I don't know what's best for them. You know what's best for them. Hashem, I don't have the tools. This is the same for everyone. You're down for your child, you're down for yourself. Hashem, I do not have the tools to find a proper soulmate. I know from drinking a cup of coffee in Starbucks, if the person is generous or not, if the readers are good or not, they got a good heart or not, like everybody can be nice and put on a nice smile at Starbucks. Okay? Nobody goes to Starbucks with morning sickness, and nobody goes to Starbucks with financial problems, and nobody goes to Starbucks when they're faced with the issue. Wow. Okay, that, that's what you see. What happens when a husband and wife have to weather a difficult challenge and move together? That's what you see your husband. You will not know who your husband is, you will not know how your wife is to your first challenge of Ramona. Okay? Life begins after the Shabbat Okay, sometimes it starts during the Shabbat So the way, the number one Ishtadlis for getting married is prayer. Hashem, Hashem, help me find a soulmate. And I can tell you, true story, absolute true story happened exactly ten and a half years ago. My youngest daughter, ten and a half years ago, my youngest daughter was sixteen and a half, and it was at Rabbi Nachman's gravesite on Song Gedalia the day after Rosh Hashanah. And Rav Shalom was doing personal prayer. And so 10 years ago, there weren't yet 60,000 people in Rosh Hashanah. There were only 18, 20,000 people. It was easier on Song Gedalia, a lot less traffic on the gravesite. So Rav Shalom was doing personal prayer. I was standing right next to him. I waited till I saw he was finished. And I whispered in his ear, I said, Rav Shalom, my Sarla is 16 and a half. Mm-hmm. I've yet to tell him anything more. So he right away he started talking to Rabbi Nachman. He said, Rabbeinu, he said, Lazer doesn't have time to mess around in Shidduchim. He's busy translating my books, spreading my teachings. He can't waste time in Shidduchim. Rabbeinu, please, please send it. My teachings are your teachings. Find him the best boy for his daughter right here. Right here. Okay, right here. Boy, it's right here in Oman, right here. I came home. I came home. Listen to this story, Ellie. Yosef Kadari can tell you this. Okay. I came home from Rosh Hashanah. I got a call. Everybody knows Shira Malos, the singer and composer Yosef Kadari. We're very close friends. Family's close friends. And Yosef says to me, Lisa, I got a shield for your son, for your daughter. I said, Yeah. He said, who is it? So somebody, Yosef lives in Beit Shemesh, Ramat Beit Shemesh. So he checked from afar, just very, very good. Very, very good. Family with the same type of background as us. Went to see the young boy. Make a long story short, not going into details. We were at Songidai's, the third of Tishrei. On the third of Cheshvan, my daughter was a Kala. We had a fort 30 days later. 30 days later. That was a prayer shidduch, all a prayer shidduch. What happens, you've got the basic, you pray to Hashem, you get a lot of Hashem. I, I, I gotta go back to something else. I had been praying 
for that young lady, the night she was born, the night she was born was Motzei Shabbos, okay, the night she was born, when we said Tikkun Chatzot, Hashem, I've got a, my first daughter, my, my only daughter, but then, you know, you, a lot of daughters are favorite, I'm not gonna, in my joy, forget about your pain, and after Tikkun Chatzot, I said, Hashem, let me have a good shiddle for that girl. Her whole life, just prayed. That was Aristotelis and Shiduchim. I never went to a shalchan, never lifted a finger. I asked my rabbi for a bracha, the right or everything. It was all from above, boom, 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 boom. I didn't waste any time on Shiduchim. There, <laughs> And this is my own eyes. Rav with his own kids. Rav with his own kids. Rav Shalom is still with his kids. Rav Shalom, several of the students of Yeshiva are, their kids are married to Rav Shalom's kids. Rav Shalom did go to Beza Kubalim and Beza Muamir. Guys didn't know. Guys had Emunah and Yad Shemayim. That was their sure. Okay, Rav Sagener, his son's married to Rav Shalom's daughter. Uh, Rav Yonatan Balaish, one of the great Talmudic, did just last week. His daughter married Rav Shalom's son. This is right on Yeshiva. Because he goes for the Muna, he goes and he davens what you can imagine how much davening Rav Shalom does this. And first time, first time, this is first time, boom, she go, first time, boom, she go. The son and the daughter, they met each other for 10 minutes. 10 minutes and boom, they're married. So where was the precedent to that? Rav Shalom, the Rebbitsons, Rebbitson, the old Rebbitson, the, 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 the Rebbitson, and, and she, she runs the institutions here, and she's the mother of Rav Shalom's 11 kids. Rav Shalom was in Yeshiva, and Rosh Yeshiva comes to him, and he says, Rav Shalom, I have a shidduch for you. And he told the name. Rav Shalom said, okay, that's, a, that's a girl with a good reputation. Yeah, yeah, very good reputation. Okay. So he says, oh, well, I'll give you a recommend for more pre- Shalom says, no, when, when do I meet her? He says, well, you know, when do I meet her? He's been davening. Been davening. And what's Rosh Shalom? Way he davened. He davened. Hashem, I have no way of knowing what's good for me. You know what's good for me. It's a principle People say, how come I don't get Siyat Elishmai? Because you don't ask for it. The vessel for help. Okay, ah, come save me. But ah, come, nobody came to save me. You didn't ask for it. Nobody do. You want somebody to come fish out of the water? Somebody got a shop traveling. Hashem, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. do. Hashem, you do it. Here, I'm coming to show with proof. Here's this Gemara and here's this Gemara. This Gemara says it's in your hands. This Gemara says it's in your hands. Hashem, nothing to do with pray. Only you, only you know what's good for me. This is the Amuna way of Shidduchim. To put our intellect and logic completely aside, completely aside, and go to Shidduch. Well, a young man heard Rav Shalom say this exact shiur on a Hebrew CD, and listen, a good-looking young man, nice-looking young man, somebody comes up next to him and says, you know something, I get a shidduch that I think might be great for you. There's a good-looking young guy. What did the guy say? You got a girl, a girl, a gorgeous-looking young girl, which is a girl, she lives. She lives. At certain times, she helps with the cane. Okay, so you got okay. The girl's got a nice personality, but she's 22 years old and she lives, walks with the cane. 
All right, now everybody's going to use their sechel. Who wants a girl with polio, 22 years old? Nobody raise their hands, all right? Okay, nobody raise their hands. Yeah, okay, yeah. Put your hand down. Okay, you're Put your hand down. All right. So he listened. This was the day after he listened to Rev. Shalom's CD. He says, maybe there's a message here. So he said to the guy, you know something? Let's try it. Let's check it out. He put his brain aside. He went to Emunah. Not long ago, that young man came to Rav Shalom and said, Rabbi, you know, my, you don't know me because I heard your CD, but I am your remote control student because I followed your CDs, all right? I owe you my life. He said, what do I do? Rav Shalom says, my wife, you cannot, I have the most gorgeous inside and out wife in the world, the greatest mother in the world, Rabbi, compassion, forget about it. Good heart, off the charts. Okay? I don't even see her limp anymore. Yeah, she's got polio. One muscle, one leg has got well-developed leg muscle. The other one, she's got a little tiny bit of cap. You know what polio is? He said, that didn't matter. She has healthy kids. Our kids are gorgeous. They're successful. The guy's got every blessing in life. Every blessing in life. You know what the result says? You know why this guy's successful and happy? Because the result says like this, that's his soulmate. That's his true soulmate. He could not have found her if he went to Shidokim with his brain. But like it is, and the Balshemko once told this to one of his things, you know, young man, you should have been the guy with the polio. But she's your soulmate. She says, look, he's got to go out and make a living. He's got to go here. He's got to go walk the shore. I'm at home all day long. It's easier for me. Hashem, I'm the other half of the Shoma. Give it to me. So you know what would happen? If that person would refuse the shidduch, he would have had to become lame. You see, it, it, it really, we must put ego aside. So what do we do? What are the things we do not compromise on? We do not compromise on good midot. We do not compromise on a good heart. We do not compromise on a munah, a smile. We do not compromise on their eretz. Young lady, if you go out with a guy and he's not polite, he's gruff. Don't look at him. I can tell our story about everyone this. A girl that married a guy for money and now she play about Midas. Her four sisters, well-known family, her four sisters are married to Koilo guys. She sees that the four sisters, they were hand-me-downs, they changed Shabbos dresses with each other, and all the kids were hand-me-downs. Okay, your seven-year-old child got what my nine-year-old child wore two years ago, they got a gemach. Okay, the sister, four sisters, I see the way my sisters put pennies together to put on the Shabbos table. But they're happy. Oh, but their, their husbands are all Torah scholars. The husbands, well, they treat their wives like queens. Okay, no, she didn't. She took a Baal from Baal Yeshiva from a very rich family. Okay, she says, I'm not going to live my sister. Okay, she married a guy for his money. They had a fun time the first year. She had new clothes, she had new that. That second year guy lost his own money. He lost all his money. His family ripped him out of the business. She is left with no money, no Torah, and lousy leaders, okay? 
That's because she didn't do an amuna shiduch. You think you want to bring, uh, you, you, you want a, a person's income tax declaration, you know, the IRS declaration to file with you before you marry the family? Make a tragic mistake. Uh, guys, you want a size four? They don't say size four. You don't marry for a size four. Better to take a size 12 with a good heart than a size four that's going to want a $5,000 shakel every month when you only make $3,000 a month. Now try and figure out where's everything else go. Okay, that's it. Throw it away. Throw it away. Emuna is a shiduchim. That is the key to shiduchim. Prayer, tons of it. You start praying for your toddlers right now, every day. Hashem, give that young lady, give that young boy good shiduchim for my kids. Emuna shiduchim, real shiduchim that you want. It's good for them to show them. It's a shame to give, give, give them. And so he said, why should I pray if the shiduch is preordained? Ah, but your prayers will help your child's soulmate or your own soulmate get stronger. Could learn a muna. Hashem should give, give them the guard of a muna for children at age nine. Give parents that know the guard of a muna, raise your children a muna, or to raise them without a muna. Your prayers will give your kids and yourselves more a muna. With more emuna, you'll have a better shiduch. Have the good thing. Now, one quick thing I know we're late. People say, well, what about divorces? What divorces? If everything is pure day, why divorces? Sometimes the Arizal explains this also. I don't want to go too deep into Kabbalah, but after a divorce, Osman has to pay off a ketubah. So, what happened? why do you get a divorce? Because he left the last world, let's say they were in the Holocaust together, and he owed a person $10,000. So now, in this generation, he has to come back and to marry that person in order to pay them $10,000. All right, that's a tikkun. But then the ultimate, the ultimate, you get, ultimately, you get your real shiduch. Or a person has a shiduch just to bring certain children to the world. Or a person has a shiduch. When you see a real shiduch, you can never dream to get to her if you didn't go through a divorce. For example, uh, you take... Um, let's say Ashkenazi people want to marry Ashkenazi people, Sephardi people want to marry Sephardi people, but now that they're divorced, they're willing to hear from one another. But that was their soulmate in the first time. The Shem knew that they would never listen to their soulmate because the Shem had to put them down and damage, used merchandise a little bit. Okay, as a used car, you're great. As a new car, I wouldn't buy. All right, there's all types of ways we cannot possibly go into the whole thing and make a whole separate thing about divorce and amuna. All right, but this marriage, you know, there is no mistake. Go back home, read the garden of peace, treat your wife as number one, you have gan Aden. Go back home, respect your husband, make him feel king, you have gan Aden. Guys, girls, go into Shiduchim with prayer, tons of prayer. I promise you, up to now, you can run after Shachanim, you haven't found your soulmate. Run after Hashem. Run after Hashem, and if you run after Hashem, you talk to Hashem, thank Hashem you have your soulmate now, you talk to Hashem, Hashem, I know my soulmate is from you, you do 10 minutes of prayer like that for the next 90 days, Bezat Hashem, you're going to send me a wedding invitation within those 90 days, okay? Amen. All the single people that want their soulmates, they should find your soulmates, we are now in a key slave, okay, that takes us to be a Teves, in Shvat, in the other Aleph. Okay, by word cotton, you shall be chasonim and kalas for you and the kids, and anybody's got a train. It's called the Hebrew of a kevet. 
the background, the train, she started moving. Wonderful shidduchim, Hashem, and Achonis and Yishikindel, Hashem, have lots and lots of mercy, your kids. Great shidduchim, there are no mistakes with the Muna, Spina Days, Amen. Amen. We're going to have a mini lesson on this week's Torah portion in another 60 seconds. And then right after that, the woman want a quick blessing with pleasure. And at 8.13, we're going to dive in my reef. Okay? You guys stick around and dive in with us. Okay, so they too were concubines. All right? 
So now, he works another seven years. He works another seven years, and he gets Rachel. Okay, but he got Rachel after the Sheva Brachas. He had to work off seven years. We're talking about seven years of hard labor. You know, and, and, and the Syrian sun, the weather in Syria, Padamara, that's Syria. And he's out there in the desert with the flocks. It is blazing hot in the summer, and it is really cold in the winter. Freezing cold in the winter. Okay, this is Yaakov what he did, what he went through. Okay, what did he tell? The, the Torah says he worked another seven years. Worked the seven years. What does Rashi say? That just as he worked the first seven years in Emunah, he worked the second seven years in Emunah, he woke up in the morning with Leah with Emunah, he knew, we just learned in the last lesson, that this was from Hashem. But Hashem maneuvered it by way of the scoundrel loved one that was father-in-law. He did not say a word to Leah. It was not Leah's fault. And here it is in the morning. And behold, behold, here's Leah. And he went and spoke to Lavan. He did not say a word of disparagement or disrespect to Leah. Not a single word. The poor young girl. She just spent the night with him. He didn't say a word to her. What did you do to me, Lavan? Okay, that was a shame. He did not say a word to her. And people say, Leah's crying. Why is Leah crying? And why does Leah call her second son Shimon? I'm hated. Rashom explains this. We've never heard anyone else explain this. Rashom says that a woman that's not first place in her husband's life, she feels like she's hated. But the Torah says otherwise. The Torah says that Jacob loved Leah. He just loved Rachel a little bit more. It's right here in the Torah. Right here. Okay, man. God and Rachel. He also loved her a little bit more. Okay, but he loved Leah. He knew. He's not disparaged. Jacob did not say a word of disparagement. He had a complaint. He went to love him. And we see later. This, this is the emunah of Yaakov Avinu. So we have two mindsets. Before we do something, we try our very best. We talk about Shidduchim. We try our very best to find the right. Once it's done, thank you, Hashem. Once you stood under the chumah with that young lady, once you stood under the chumah with that young man, that's your guy, that's your girl. This is from Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov Avinu, you could better believe that he respected Leah. Because if he didn't respect Leah, and if he would have made Leah unhappy, Leah would have lost her fertility. And they had one after the other. Remember, six out of the 12 of our tribes, they are Leah's kids. Leah, by way of Leah, David Melch, that's by way of Leah. Okay, Kohen Gadol, that's where Leah. By way of Leah, we have Kohen Gadol, and we have Mashiach. Okay. So we wouldn't have had that if she wasn't loved. But what was Leah? Why now? Did Leah have so many kids when Sarah Emanu had fertility problems? When Rivka Emanu had fertility problems? When Rachel Emanu had fertility problems? Leah is the only one. Sarah was a beauty queen. Rivka was a beauty queen. Rachel was a beauty queen. They all knew they were the most popular girls at Beis Yaakov. They knew that they were going to get a sheep off like that. Leah, uh-uh, people told her she's going to Asaph. 
Leah for years cried, cried, cried. Leah had the biggest savings plans to feel us network. She prayed so much, her prayer turned around the destiny, the decree that she was going to go to Yah to Esau and did the Yahweh. That came from Hashem. But Hashem did it by way of love. When Hashem had to do it by way of a little bit of monkey business. So Hashem let love and do the monkey business. But then Yaakov, to get a bracha, his own mother said to do monkey business in last week's parsha. We see. Okay. So Hashem has, Hashem has to avoid Mashiach. Uh, excuse me, Hashem has to avoid the evil inclination if the evil inclination doesn't want Mashiach to come. This is all part of the Geula. So Hashem has to circumvent. Oh, Mashiach, come on. Mashiach said, fine, he's not going to bother love him. Yeah, we're fine. He's got, you know, that we're going to uh, the, also this week's party. You done Tamar? What the, uh, Tamar has to do to get you to come? No, that, that's what that Mashiach is, is their is their offspring. That's what Hashem has to do to bring Mashiach. He's got to do some funny monkey business, like they say. Okay, that's why Hashem has to outsmart the, the evil creation. That's its own. It's its own angel. So we see one thing we learn from here. That Yaakov Avinu, once he had Leah, he knew that was from Hashem, and he loved her, and wonderful kids by her, wonderful kids by her. The, the Yudah, <laughs> that's the great grandfather Mashiach, Levi, great grandfather Moshe Rabbeinu and Kohen Gadol. Okay, then we soon have Pesach Mekdash. When we do things with the Muna, guess what? Hashem is going to give us Mashiach and Kohen Gadol and our rebuilt holy temple. Speed in our days, Amen. Have a great week. See you next week. Hey.